Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Sakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Zakari. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Frank Zakari, and you are listening to Life Altering Events. Our sponsor today is the Tag Team, which is a collaboration with the Abraham Group, headed by the marketing genius Jay Abraham, who has increased the bottom lines of over 10,000 clients by an excess of $21 billion. And my company, Life Altering Events, who are experts in business and organizational development, as well as finance and scaling organizations. Now, the tag team members have all reached a place in our life where we want to see the next generation of businesses thrive. Now, this is a very elite and exclusive program for entrepreneurs who are looking to make a major difference. Ladies and gentlemen, we're looking for the best here. If you think you can make a difference, go to my website, frankzakari.com, for all the application details. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we, for the last few months, have, it's been difficult to find good news. Our lives and our routines have been dramatically altered. Maybe they've been altered forever. One thing the vast majority of people simply dislike is change. And now, everything has changed. As frustration and depression of staying home, wearing a mask, adjusting to social distancing at work, this is not the end of the if these are the worst things that we're going to have to face, then we, can sh- we should consider ourselves lucky. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there are no guarantees in life. All of our plans can change in an instant. But there are stories that give us hope, that make us smile, that make us cheer when someone has overcome the odds. Now, today we're going to talk to Lisa Breyers, whose life did change in an instant. Yet she continues to pick up the pieces and she continues moving forward. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a life, a story, a life altering event that could inspire others, visit the voiceamerica.com, go to the life altering event page on voiceamerica.com and send me an email. Tell me about this event that changed your life so drastically, what it was, how it affected your life and where you are now. We'll look at it for content and see if it fits, and if so, we'll put it in a future broadcast. Let me share your story with our over 150,000 listeners in 24 countries. So, ladies and gentlemen, I mentioned life can change in an instant, and that's what we're going to talk about today. If you're lucky, you're going to find a job which becomes your passion, and in a perfect world, this passion becomes your business. And your business becomes a success. And you live happily ever after. Okay, the skeptics out there are saying, yeah, right, Frank, this is a fairy tale. The real world does not work like that. But why can't it happen? My friend, she was a best-selling author, a speaker, and a TV show host, and she was a guest on Life Altering Events, Mel Robbins, often says, excuses will always be there for you, but opportunity won't. 
Now, I want to be honest here, people. Have you ever said, someday I'm going to do whatever? Or in a perfect world, I would be X. Of course you have. We all have. But most of us stay stuck. Opportunity presents itself to everyone, but not everyone sees it or acts upon the opportunity. Now, why is that? Is it too much effort? It's too expensive. You don't have time. You're too busy. And the list goes on and on. Well, my guest Lisa today started off as a secretary who quickly became the go-to person at her companies, like many very good secretaries are. She became the hub of her organization. Now, for those of you who are old enough to remember the TV show MASH, Lisa is Radar. She took her gift for organization and started her own professional organizing company. So let's bring in Lisa. Lisa, welcome to Life Altering Events. Thank you for having me, Frank. It is our pleasure, Lisa. Lisa, share with the listeners your journey, your life as a secretary, and then what was the life-altering event that led you to want to start your own company? Well, I had been a secretary for a long time, and um, everybody who needed organizing, everybody would say, oh, Lisa can organize you, and I would go in and set up their systems. I didn't really think anything about it. I just um, studied them and found out how they operate and then set up their systems for them. Then I got into special projects, which I did, you know, exclusively special projects. And that was from beginning to end. So I kind of thought, well, I can do the whole thing. Why don't I look at this a little bit different? Then people on the side started asking me, hey, would you do this for me in terms of organizing their paperwork and things? And I thought, well, why not? You know, and so then I thought I was raising my kids. I had to work. And so what would happen after this? What did I want to do when it was when my kids were grown? So I decided that um, I would go back to college. So I went back to college, and, of course, I'd always taken business classes because someday I thought I would own my own business. And my husband and I did own a glass company, um, and so I had that business skill, but I wanted to do something different. So then I w- after that, I decided to do my own business, and I, I talked to a professor, and I said, do people really do what they love and get paid for it? And she goes, well, I do. And I said, well, yeah, but you're a professor. You're supposed to say that. And she said, no, no, really. You need to read this book called Do What You Love, and the Money Will Follow. So I took her advice. I read the book, and I thought, wow, maybe people really do pay for gifts that other people have that I didn't realize. So I started my own company thinking, am I going to really move forward with this very quickly? And all of a sudden, I realized that there was a lot of people who needed professional organizing. However, it was really hard to tell people what you did for a living because no one had ever heard of it. So I was at a um, a mystery uh, dinner, and the lady asked me what I did. And for the first time, I said, I'm a professional organizer, and everybody started laughing. And I thought, oh, no, I'm just so humiliated. And then she asked me, well, what does a professional organizer do? And I explained it. And then she said, oh, my goodness, I need you, which took the whole tone of the, you know, everybody down. And it was really neat. I did 250 speaking engagements so that they would understand what professional organizers did. And I got a call from the NAPO, the National Association of Professional Organizers president, Barry, who thanked me for getting the word out about organizers. There were six of us 
in Sacramento, and then we grew, and now there's, I think there's 1,400 in Sacramento. Wow. But um, it was, yeah. That that's, so. That is quite a story. It, uh, right? It's always hard I, I when someone says to you, what do you do? That, that's always a challenge. Right. Right. So, yeah. um, so I just took that passion, and I went forward, and then I started getting all kinds of radio and TV and people wanting me to speak and be a, a keynote speaker at the retreats and things. And I really was doing well. I was on the height of my career doing amazing. I couldn't even believe that I had gotten the opportunities I, I did. And it was just, uh, there was no stopping, you know? That is exciting. It's, it's, you're, you're following your dream here. Let's step into this, this service a little bit. I understand one of the services is helping families after they have had a life-altering event, like, like a death in the family, which my family just went through which is a nightmare. So how do you help these people get organized? Oh, good question. Well, what I did is I had my own accident. Do you want me to tell you about that, or would you like me to to start in with legacy? Hang on uh, with the uh, accident. We'll get to that. All right. The legacy work? Yes, yes. So I have my professional organizing time work, and then there's an accident, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then I developed, and I thought, was I as organized as I thought I was, right? I mean, I had my will, my healthcare directive, you know, all my trust in place and, and, and my burial package. I had everything ready and done. And I thought, what did, what did my clients need the most? And what they need is not so much that it was organized all in one place, all neat with, you know, spine binders and all this other stuff. What it was was, could I get what I needed when I needed? And so, I decided, let's just put it all in one book. That way, you could put it on a USB, you could take it with you, but it would encompass everything that you needed to operate if you were incapacitated, dead, or out of the country, whatever. I'm thinking tsunami. Mm-hmm. So, so do you want to know what then legacy were? Yeah, continue. Please continue. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, so I started thinking about what was, necessary to put in it. What would it need? I thought, well, first it needs personal data, which is all about, you know, your full birth name, you know, your legal name, any nicknames you have, place of birth, all of that stuff that you would need for a death certificate. So, and and it's good information to have because when you're looking for that, you don't really get a time to mourn. You're just putting stuff together for a funeral. And so what we thought is we're going to make it easy on people. So along with the personal data, then we had what we called the immediate context. And the immediate context, uh, it, it's kind of a blanket situation, a progressive, where you first have the people that are closest to you, which would usually be your immediate family, your children, your spouse, that kind of thing. And then what we did is we assigned what we called blankets, where I would go to you and I'd say, hey, Frank, can you please tell all the listeners? Um, and so that was your part of it, and you would notify that group. If I was a member of the Rotary Club, then I would get one key person and they would go out and they would tell everybody in that group and so on. So that you only had one person that you had to call or your executor had to call and it would go out to everybody else because it would make it so much easier on the person that was doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so... Then, and you would contact those people and say, hey, Frank, 
you know what, I'm putting this thing together. Would you mind being my key person to tell everybody, um, you know, on the radio program that, you know, and you would accept it or not. And then I could find somebody else if you didn't want to do it. And then we just move on from there. But that made it so much easier because the person knows they're going to do it. And now you have someone's name and phone number to put in your book. Mm-hmm. Then we went on to medical information. Medical information is really important because if you've overdosed or whatever, you know, they're going to ask, well, what were they on? Well, I, I don't know. And you run the bottle up to the, the ambulance driver, but it might not be what they're really taking. They might have been told to take a pill and a half. But yet the, the pill thing says one pill. Does that make sense? So we started mm-hmm. getting into the medical information. And, of course, then you get into the legal docs, which are the ad- advanced healthcare directives that should be on file with your doctor but may, may not be. We actually were helping an 81-year-old client, and um, we took the document to the hospital, uh, uh, advanced healthcare directive, um, should probably six times. And they kept asking, well, we don't have one on file. Well, wait a minute. We've, we've taken this document six times. Why isn't it on file? So that's the kind of stuff that you might have handy to bring with you in case because it has the DNRs and everything else on it that are legal and, and very important. You know, whether you're going to be a donor or not, is that's pretty important stuff to know, right? Then we exactly. got into the, the legal and financial information. The legal information had to do with your estate, uh, trust, all of that stuff. That's all legal. I don't do any legal at all. All I do is organize what you have. And it is on a downloadable form. It, all it is is blank forms. When you go on to TimeWorks, there's a Legacy Works button. You click on that. It's all blank downloadable form. So you can do it at your own pace. You can, uh, you can store it on a USB. You can put it somewhere, but you're totally responsible for anything that's on there. We don't hold any information like your social security number or anything like that. So with that, then it's all your financial information, which is really important because I helped my husband's best friend died in a motorcycle accident and I helped his widow. He had 33 credit cards, believe it or not. (laughs) He was only, (laughs) yeah, he was only using like four or five of them, but he had that many. And so once we found them, now we had to notify all of those people, and so then we have all that legal information that says she is now the, um, the executor to the trust, and so we had to, a lot of work to do. Plus, there was all this hidden information that people don't know about with credit unions that have life insurance supplemental policies, and it was really nice. We got her a lot of extra money, and then we set up a college, um, kind of an online that, uh, that you give to the kids for college. So there's that kind of stuff. So legal and financial information. The other financial information is when I deal with clients, we're going through their stuff. And when we're going through all of their stuff, oftentimes we have uh, found accounts that they overlook that have money in them. And they're like, you know, no, no, we got that. We got everything. Uh, No, this one is identifiable and it's different from the other numbers. And then they find out, oh, my goodness, there's a lot of money in there. You know, we, we overlooked it. So that's the kind of stuff that would be put on here. We also, I also had client years ago that had six safety deposit box keys. And in the safety deposit box keys, she had moved all over the place, and they don't put a bank name on the keys for good reason, that's right. probably. Right? That's right. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening was we called back to where she 
originated, uh, come Colorado, then moved around, came to California, moved several places in California. So we never did find the content of any of those boxes because she couldn't remember. So without writing it down, and you know you don't put junk in a safety deposit box, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, for that matter, we don't know what was in there. And at that time, I don't think they had a, go, a found money page or anything, which they do now. But... So there's that financial information. The other thing is, what do you owe? When you die, Frank, I need to know if you owe anybody. And if you do, are there outstanding loans to relatives and things like that? That's good information to know for the executor or the person that you leave in charge. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So then we go on to the really crucial stuff. You know how it starts, it's light, and then it starts to get heavier, right? So we exactly. got in. And by the way, this was six years of research and development. I went on every rabbit trail known to man on the internet because I had the time because I was healing after surgery, after surgery, after surgery. And so I had six years to go looking for this stuff. And I thought, well, what do they need? How far do I go? What do I put in it? And I just kept going and going and going on. But the other one was a lot of people say to me, I don't even know what my password is. And my, and my father's on Facebook and he's dead. He's been dead for a long time. And they can't get them off. It's because they don't have the passwords. And Facebook will not allow you to take somebody's profile off without the password. Right? Mm-hmm. And what we did is we have a whole thing with passwords. And you don't have to put them in your book if you don't feel secure with you know doing a hard copy of Legacy Works and leaving it or giving it to your executor. You can actually, it's just a location guide. So you put it in your space, frankly. And you simply put on there, see Lisa. It's in the safe, see Lisa, or whatever. And then I have the code to get in your safe. But you don't necessarily have to put that information out there. Does that make sense? And it, so it, it makes it more comfortable that way, you know. But technology changes. I have a, a whole binder full of passcodes. Is that crazy? That's incredible. Lisa, hold that thought right there. We're going to have to take a break. We're going to come back. Sure. We'll continue this conversation on organizing, your detail organizing all your family information. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. 
From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Frank Sakari. We're talking to Lisa Bryce, and this is a conversation that you need to hear and you need to listen. Lisa is a professional organizer, and one of the things she was just telling us about is how you organize family and friends, critical data that is going to be required, not only when, if and when you die, but is going to be needed for most everything that you're going to be doing throughout your life. Now, Lisa... You you had a number of talks. You had your own radio show at one point in time. What do you suggest? When do you? How do you engage families? Let me give you an example. My father just died in in, uh, in January. He's ninety years old. He's an old Italian. He's stubborn as hell, and he wasn't going to do anything. How do you engage the family to get to gather this information? Excellent question. Actually, it's the kids who started uh, when I first did Legacy Work. I presented it to my husband for Christmas after it was all done after the seven years total. And he thought that was really good. But it was my children who had the impact. They said, Mom, this is genius. Mom, you've got to get this out to people. You have saved us hours and hours and hours of work. And I said, really? And they said, Mom, you've got to get this out to people. People need this. And I said, okay, so let's do it. And that's where it started. Wow. That is something, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you contact somebody like Lisa. Contact Lisa because having been the executor of a will and having tried to collect all the necessary information and then finding out in New York State where my father lived, they have probate. Okay, My dad didn't want to get a living trust because, again, he holds stubborn Italian. And then things start trickling out. And we, we, what the, where is this? Where'd this thing come from? And it just goes on and on and on. And it drives everybody crazy. It just, it's, it just, call Lisa. Just don't help through this. Now, Lisa, tell us about this program you have. You identify clients by personality type. How does this help? Yes. Okay. So, moving on with the, the other stuff, um, having your burial package and all that, I thought to myself, you know, you get to pre-plan everything. And, and it's based on your personality. I'm actually certified in True Colors International the, uh, Personality Assessment. And what, it, what I started thinking was, when I started organizing people, I noticed 
that they fit into one of four personality categories. And so when I was doing legacy work, for instance, is we have a Bryce 99 questions, and there are 99 questions to build your story because everybody has a story, and we want that story as part of your legacy work. So I could say to you, Frank, tell me about your childhood. And you might be able to just grab it and say, you know, I had horses, we had a lot of fun, you know, uh, we'd stay out all day and swim and whatever, right? But then you ask an intellect, and they're called the green personality. And so what they do is they, they, they're really contemplating what you're asking them. And they're saying, Lisa, what do you mean when I was eight years old, 12? What are you talking about my childhood? So you have to be more direct with those questions. And they can't just be yes or no because then you don't get the story. So you have to be very specific when you ask the question. So we formulated these 99 questions based on personality type to bring out the story and to bring out the best in your legacy work. Wow, that's amazing. And that's very different than the form that you see, like the attorney, when my dad died, he sent me this form, I'm supposed to fill this out. And and it's, it's like, what do we do here? You know, I I knew my father's story, but no one else did. And how are we going to get this out? Right, right. You know, I have in legacy legacy work, you know, how to do your own eulogy and your own um, obituary. Because the thing about it is, if you're fortunate enough to live to be 103, um, most of your friends and and relatives are are dead and gone, right? And so they might not know that you won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1969, right? All of that information, Mm -hmm. unless you put it down, is gone. So this way you get to pre-write your obituary and your eulogy, and then they finish it. Isn't that nice? It is. That would... That would have saved an immeasurable number of of, uh, hours. Right, right? Because you're trying to think of what to say, and the person really kind of writes their own script based on, of course, if it's not true, you you need to re-alter it. But for the most part, they know what they did in life or how they want to be remembered. So the beauty of it is you can just take it from there. We also develop uh, legacy work letters, what they're called legacy letters. And I love this, Frank. Because they're love, I wrote each of my children and my grandchildren and my husband a love letter. And it's a letter to them specifically about their, my part in their life, um, being blessed to be that. We also have apology letters. Say there's someone that you really felt bad that something happened, but you couldn't really talk to them in life. Hey, the Hatfields and McCoys, they never knew mm-hmm. why they were fighting at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So... And it might explain some of the things that were happening, but you really couldn't talk about it then. Then there's a regret letter, which is totally different. A regret is that you might have regretted something that somebody gave up a child for adoption. I can't tell you how many people confide in me as an organizer because I'm in every every part of your life. So you've got to trust me. And it never goes anywhere because that's what I do. And so that's how I learned all this stuff. And then there's a secret letters. We, um, we've had people who wanted to tell their family that they have another sibling, but knew it would start a rivalry. And I said, hey, you've got to know that if you put this in writing, after you're gone, it could, it could cause a lot of problems. Well, again, it's their legacy work. Whatever they want to do, it's up to them, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and, and so the other one is, a, is grave letters. And what, is, what the grave letters are is, in the olden days, as you know, people didn't trust banks after the Depression, so they often hid money. 
And so they'd be hid in walls and vaults under the floors. They'd be outside buried. And there was a lot of that that went on. There's been people who, who confided, and I said, well, you might want to tell somebody. As you know, you see all of the history channels finding all of this um, gold and things that have been buried, and people either died and never got to tell anybody and that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting, huh? It is. It is, it is incredible. And I think when you look at, at various ethnic groups and with all the diversity we have, particularly in California, there's a lot of that going on, a lot of secrecy and not trusting yeah. and not telling uh, even even close family members. Uh, I remember one of my grandfathers died and, and the, the cryptic thing was go in the barn, count five five boards over, pull that up, reach in. But it was like crazy. Yeah. Could have been, yeah. And it, and it happens so, all the time. So life yeah, was pretty good. Life, your business was going well. You had a radio show. You and your husband had a glass business. And, and life was good. And then everything changed. Yes. And in 2008, everything caved in. Everything came to a abrupt halt. You want to know Explain about that? that? Go into detail on this. Okay. What happened? So How did it change your life? All the pain okay. and suffering, because you were on top of the world, Lisa. I remember listening to your radio show in the Sacramento area. You were on top of the yeah. world, and then all of a sudden, everything changed. I really was. I was blessed by God. I could not believe, you know, just all of the wonderful things that were happening in my life. We had a great glass company. Uh, times were going good. And 2008, the mortgage debacle came in. What ended up happening was we I had a really successful business and we had three years worth of contract and we had it was all going really well. We had people who owed us a lot of money and it was just all kind of, you know, just rolling. And then when that happened, there were several general contractors who went out of business who owed us money. Um, and then one of them still viable. They owe us one hundred thirty seven thousand dollars, which we'll never get. So by that all caving in. That was already stressful enough. And on top of that, I had bought myself for my birthday a Polaris Quad. And so I said, you know what? I'll just insure it when I get home, like everything else. We had, you know, boats and quads and all that other stuff and, uh, you know, jet skis and stuff. And I thought, I'll just do that when I get home. And so we were out at Dumont. And riding, and I was learning my new bike, and I had all my gear on, and I told everybody, you guys just go, and I'm just going to test out my bike to see how, you know, how she rides and stuff. And so I was doing that. Nobody was around. And all of a sudden, I said, let's see what she's got. So I let it out full throttle, about 50 miles an hour, and I just let it go, see how far and how fast I could go. Well, I came to an abrupt stop. <laughs> I hit a sand-covered fire pit, and oh the tires God. dug in. It threw me 12 feet off the bike, and then the bike landed on me. So the bike ended up giving me a hairline fracture on my neck, broke my wrist, my knee, and shattered my feet. Well, shattered one foot. The other one seemed to make it okay, but the one was in bad shape. And I had steel-toed boots on. You can imagine the impact of this bike, right? Yes. So... <laughs> I kept like standing up and falling down and I thought to myself, what is wrong with me? You know, and I kept standing up, falling down, standing up. And I believe this, this man was an angel. There was 
out of the middle of nowhere, we're talking desert, there's no one around, sand dunes, this little guy comes and he puts up on me and he says, don't do it. I'm spitting sand out of my mouth and, and everything. And I said, I'm sorry. And he goes, don't do it. And I'm thinking to myself, don't do what? What am I doing? You know, like I'm sitting here. By that time I had given up and just sat there. And he says, don't try to stand. He turns around. He disappeared. Literally, I put my head down. I looked up and this, and he was gone. So then I thought, was that an apparition? Was I, you know, seeing what I thought I saw? And it was really strange. From there, then they came and got me. And then I refused to go to the hospital because I thought I didn't want to ruin everybody's time. And so anyway, it went on from there. But it was a long, long, long haul. So I had to give away all my clients to other organizers. I had to tell uh, Channel 31, I was their resident organizer, I could not do the show because, you know, I needed surgeries, all this stuff. And then I got, in addition to that, an incompetent doctor that bought a bunch of surgeries on me. And finally, and everybody says, well, why do you keep going back? And I said, because she keeps saying she's going to fix it. And the first time she sent me to physical therapy, they broke the rod in my foot. And I'm, you know, and so anyway, um, I had to go back and have several and finally got another doctor. And then he tried to fix seven wow. things that she did. And, oh, it's just a nightmare. And finally, at the end, I had two doctors that fixed everything. And I can wear high heels and I don't walk with a limp anymore. And it's all good. I'm, I'm all healed. And uh, God is good. <laughs> so how many surgeries did you go through? I had six total, seven years complete. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Seven years of completion. But um, so six years. And I had, re- I had read 33 organizing books. And my husband says, no more organizing books. That's it. And I said, I might learn something. He goes, I doubt it at this point. So what I found is I found that um, a lot of organizers, it's cookie cutter. You know, they want it to be neat and clean and tidy. I learned that Peter Walsh, less is more, Marie Condi, uh, you got to, it has to spark joy, uh, Julia Morgenstein from the inside out, and mine happened to be from personality. And I, I found that I've got a lot of good feedback because it's all about you, Frank. It's about the way that you work and the way you operate, what feels good around you. And we know, and let's just take this for instance, a basket, okay? It seems simple, right? Mm-hmm. When we tell people to pick out a pers- your personality basket, you're going to have four different uh, ways to look at it. One of them is going to do this beautiful suede basket. It's going to be just luxurious or bamboo, something of high quality. Okay. The next mm-hmm. one's going to be emotionally tied to it. Often it has pictures of family, some, some kind of thing. Like there's an emotional attachment to what basket they pick. That make sense? Yes, the absolutely. Third one, it, yeah. The third one is going to be creative and masterful and neat. It might inspire them. It might, Drive them to like an adventure someplace. And then the last one is the intellectual. And they might pick a wire basket just because it's a basket. You know what I mean? They don't care what it looks like. There's a whole stuff. Okay, it's a basket. And so that's what I'm talking about when we do the Bride 99 questions. That's how different people are in that. And I can tell you other other things about personality that'll kind of get everybody to understand those four if you need if you need me to and we're going to get to that let's take a break right here we're going to come back Lisa I want you to continue on that and then we'll move into how you had to pick up all the pieces and and move on with your life ladies and gentlemen Lisa Bryce 
is someone that you really need if you have if you don't know her you need to know her and if you haven't put together the organization and your family and your family's life call her don't go away we'll be right back America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Frank Sakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Life Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or you can send an email to Life Altering Events Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Frank Zakari. We're talking to Lisa Bryce, and Lisa is a professional organizer and this is something that everyone needs everyone knows they need and everyone procrastinates and puts it off now just before the break lisa was talking about putting things into baskets lisa go back and explain that please well it's just the different personalities will choose different things we always think that everybody doesn't mind the same thing but if you give somebody that likes high quality stuff a, a, a wire basket that's not going to work for them. In fact, it's not It's not even good enough. If it was lined, it might be a little more proper for them. But the point being is they like things of fine quality. The next one would really like things that are emotionally connect to them. You'll often see, I, was, I had the great privilege on Channel 31 to do 35 deaths. And as we went around, I thought, oh, no, they're going to put me to the test, and, and we'll see if, if I can do this challenge, right? 
And um, Marcus Allen was not a believer in that, the personality thing. So what I did is I went down, we walked down, and each desk I could identify the personality based on the things that were on their desk. It was amazing because I, I got each and every one of them right. And so based on the personality, your desk would have, one would have fine quality, real neat and clean, fine binders. The next one would have, you know, pictures of family, little fingerprints of kids, uh, really emotional attachment stuff that would have on there. The next one would have um, real creative stuff. Like, you know, if they won the three-legged race at the uh, company picnic, that would inspire them or something really cool and creative, unique. And then you go to, again, the intellect, which absolutely my husband's one, so that's why I love them the best probably. Um, they would have, like, graphs and charts, uh, Einstein quotes. They might, they're paper pilers often, but everything has research in those papers. So it was really, really amazing to go and, and see how different everybody was. But in choosing the basket, that's exactly what they do. They would choose different baskets based on their personality. That's amazing where that perception comes from and that ability to zero in and make, you make people feel comfortable, Lisa, and that, that's what's Aww. critical at those points in time in their lives. That's critical. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Lisa, we're going to step back for a second here. We're going to go back to the housing crisis, the meltdown, the business, the injury, the surgeries. Now, I'm sure with all of this, Coming down upon you, there had to be a great deal of depression and a very dark, lonely tunnel. How did you get, where was the inspiration to deal with all this and to come out on the other side? That's probably the best question you could ever ask me because I was starting down this tunnel of why me, why this, why now? And it was like, you know, I'm on top of the world. Everything was going good. I had my legs cut out from under me. What happened? Did I do something wrong? Was I, you know, and so I started really questioning everything. And because I'm a real believer in faith in Jesus Christ, I knew he had a plan for me. I knew that God had me in this place at this time. And to be honest with you, I would have never had the time to, um, to research legacy works like I did because I was so busy. So there was no way I could come up with this intensive, comprehensive package if I was busy, you know, doing TV and radio and all that other stuff. So it was kind of a time to be still and know that I am God. And I'm not going to say that all the days were great. Um, People with well intentions, they would say really dumb things like, (laughs) oh, my God, you're in that wheelchair still? Oh, yes. Exactly. It's what I want to live for, right? So I, I want to be here. It is things that, that, you know, they didn't mean to say, but that doesn't help when you're already in that state of, you know, going down this dark tunnel. And But I managed to put my faith in God, know that he had a plan and a purpose for me, and what was the end result out of it. And so once it was, once I realized that he needed me to do something bigger, and I started just on a roll, and I started getting excited because I knew that this was going to be big. And so I was able to climb myself out. I was able to restart my business, and guess what? I got rebranded. Everything was brand new. Everything was a new start, and it was like, you know how to do this? This is your gift. This is your passion. This is something you love. You know what? 
I, I think to the day I die, I will be organizing because I absolutely love what I do. Absolutely love it. That's amazing. This is to come out of the, out of the, the depths of injury and depression. And I, I really can relate to the statement about the, the statement with the wheelchair. My youngest brother was paralyzed in a car accident now 35 years ago. And mm. he would be in a big power chair. He'd be in his big power chair. And we, I would be with him and my sister or whomever. And people would come up and they would talk to me. They'd be asking him, but talking to me. And it was a thing that right. drove him absolutely out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Did that happen to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was, I've seen them when I'm organizing people, that people will talk to the, the daughter instead of the mother. And it's exactly like you're saying, and the mother is fully capable of, of answering, but they're not. I also found that people would say, well, you're not listening to the doctor, so that's why you had to go through surgery again. I mean, they were just, they, they were just mean-spirited things. And that doesn't help people. I was going to write a book, actually, and it, it was just about people don't know what to say when people are infirmed, injured, ill, anything like that. So I, I wanted to come up with something that you could say. Often you don't need to say anything. Just, hey, you know what? I'm here for you. Done. You know? And, uh, and so that's what I think. I think that people should not say anything. You know, or we have a friend who has a child. And, and the child has MS, and people would mm-hmm. go up to her and say, well, God needed a strong woman, and she'd just cry out, I don't want to be strong. You know, <laughs> I, I, I just want to be normal. And so the, it's that whole concept of be kind to people. You never know what they're going through. You know? Absolutely. Last week we had on um, David Wood Barkley from Sacramento area, and, and he was going to commit suicide. That was his plan. He was going to jump off the oh. Forest Hill Bridge, but he did not. Mm. He, he, someone restrained him, and, and he moved forward with that. Now he does uh, suicide prevention talks, and he's an advocate. Oh, One of the statements that he said was, the absolute worst thing that you can say to somebody who is injured or someone who's depressed mm. or somebody who's struggling is, I know how you feel. Exactly. Because they don't. They can't. Yeah. Cannot possibly. Uh, no. You cannot possibly know the depth of somebody's pain until you live it. And it's exhausting. Being in pain is exhausting. And I used to call it, you know, because my foot had so many surgeries on it. I would say, if you'll excuse me, I have to go bathe the child, feed the child, you know, wrap the child in blankets, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And I just make a joke about it because it was consuming, you know, to get well. Yeah, it is. And yeah. you fought the battle. So how long? How long was it before you got back to work? Uh, it was seven years, and then I slowly got back to work. And I have amazing clients, regular clients, that uh, I just I love them so much, and they hire me all. They say I will work with no one else because they say you get me, you make it easy for me to get organized. And because that's what I do, I don't make you go into my mold. I fit into your mold. If you've been dumping the mail in the same place for 30 years, who am I to move your mail? You know, I might put a little box that makes it so it doesn't fall on the ground, but we're not going to move what is natural to you. Um, It just doesn't make any sense to do it. And Legacy Works is a location guide. It's not asking you to be cleanly organized and have everything in its place. What it is, is if your insurance papers are on the second floor in the gray file cabinet in the second drawer under I for insurance, 
wonderful. Just tell me where it is. And that way I can find it. But you don't have to have everything neat and clean and everything. And the other thing I was going to mention is, you know, FEMA often tells us in the event of a fire, you should have a great big uh, tub of all of your important papers and everything, right? Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think you should put it on a USB, stick it in your pocket, and that way you can take some of your keepsakes. Because I don't know about you, I don't want to take a bunch of papers when my house is on fire. I want to take memories, you know? So. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely the case. Yeah. We, uh, so how, how, now that you're back to work, how is the business mm-hmm. going? And what was the impact of what we're going through now? How has that impacted you? Well, it has impacted a lot because I have a lot of uh, elderly clients who are immune compromised. And number one is I don't want to get them sick. Number two is I want them to stay in the house. So it has impacted my business hum- humongous. It's just, it's over, and but they're all waiting. So I figured I'm just, you know, and I'm used to riding it out, right? So we'll just ride yeah. it out and it'll be okay because they're all saying, I want you back. So it's not like you're not going to have business. You're just going to have to wait a little bit. And by the grace of God, he takes good care of us, you know? We lack mm-hmm. for nothing. So that's the beauty of But I have amazing clients. I would not trade them for anybody in the world. Love them, love them. Have you found, or is there, generally with elderly, like my dad's case, we had talked about, well, dad, we could do these virtual things, and and he would look at me and say, what the hell is that? Is that, Mm -hmm. you've been able, have you been able to do any of that online, the Zoom interactions, that type of stuff? You know, I have not, but I'm trying. I'm putting together content to be able to walk people through each of the processes and what they're supposed to have, and then we meet on day one, and this is what we do, and I kind of help coach them through that because it's it's big, it's heavy, it's not it's not something for the faint-hearted in any way. It's as bad as an estate trust is. But all that stuff is is that's all legal. And that's done separately, a state, then you have a burial package. And each of that takes several hours with the estate attorney and then the burial funeral home, each of those. And so what we do by putting this package together, it takes a while, but it's so comprehensive and so wonderful. And as you know, things change all the time. So what we do is if you make a hard copy, you put all the new stuff in the back, and then you just do it all at the same time so that you know it's all updated. And you change the update in the very top that shows that it's been updated, just like a, a trust would. You know, it's been updated to this certain amount. But, yeah, I coach them all the way. There's three different kinds. You can do it yourself. You can do it with help. You can call me and say, I don't want to do this at all. I need Lisa. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so Now yeah, with people, one of, of the things uh, that I was told uh, was, was, you know, Frank, do, do, do more virtual things because people have time now because they're not mm-hmm. going anywhere. They'll, they'll they'll spend time on looking at a Zoom uh, uh, messaging that they wouldn't do before. So yes, good move. Kudos yeah. to you. Yeah, now, just about out of time here, Lisa. That. So, what is the one thing you would you want people to remember your to take away from this? Well, I I would love them to remember that we only get one dance around this earth, and when we're gone, we're gone. How do you want to be remembered? And by doing your legacy work, you get to include all of this stuff. It's so cool. I even included um, the honor that it was and how my children were brought into the world and what it meant to me at the time of their birth. 
and what, what, what was going on at the time. Like, I even wrote a COVID-19. We are in the year 2020 with a COVID-19. You know, we're in lockdown. This is what it's like because 20 years from now, we're going to look back and go, wow, do you remember when? Oh, my gosh, right? Absolutely. Oh. It, it's, those things are going to be so important. Uh, mm-hmm. as as time passes and we tell the stories. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're just about out of time. I want to thank Lisa so much for being here and sharing her life-altering story and her inspiration. Lisa, thank you for being on today. Thank you, Frank. It was an honor and a privilege. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what life throws your way, and it's going to throw a lot of stuff your way, please do three things. Look up, get up, never, ever give up. Pick up the pieces and start moving forward and better times and better people will come into your life. I want to thank my sponsor, the Tag Team, which is a collaboration with the Abraham Group led by Jay Abraham, marketing genius, who has taken 10,000 clients and increased their revenue by over $21 billion. And my company, who have formed a collaboration where we're going to assist emerging entrepreneurs. So if you think you have what it takes, go to my website, frankzakari.com. Log in. You can get the application downloaded. If you missed any of this show, you can hear it on demand on any number of places, including iHeartRadio, Alexa, and now Google. Let me leave you with this, ladies and gentlemen. None of us are in this alone. The secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. And today, Lisa showed you where many of those rocks are. Join me next week for another life-altering event. Thank you for tuning into Life Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life changing week. The Good Cop.